0: So there is no one way to get to the country. We believe that uh, you can, where you are right now, um, begin to make the moves to get to the home that you desire. Okay, Uh, Changing your mindset, things like that. As you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. So that is the first and and foremost thing that um, we want you to think about is delighting yourself in the Lord and asking him for what it is that you desire, okay? Because if you're walking in his way, he will give you the desires of your heart.
1: Okay, so there's a running joke that uh, earlier in the first hour, my husband mentioned that he lived in, the country. He was homeschooled. I didn't find any of this out till years into our marriage, and I was like, "Are you serious?" Because I, I didn't. When we first got married, I never even heard the word homeschool. I don't even know if I knew what it was. Um, but he had the life where that you know the whole um, you know those bedtime uh, off, is it authors uncle, uncle authors bedtime stories kinds of kind of experiences. You know, go out to the to the watermelon patch and. Uh, pick one up and drop it. Oops! By accident, by accident, and then have to eat it. You know, out there in the garden, kind of thing. You know, uh, he. Those are the experiences that he had. Was it a watermelon or? You, you got married when you were five. I love <that>. Almost, <laughs> almost. <laughs> no, but in this picture, this is him. In um, he's born in Boston, uh, South Boston, Virginia, right? Sorry, <laughs> and. um that's just the life that he had, and homeschooled at the age of four or five years old and just having a beautiful experience out in the country. Um, I was born in Bronx, New York, um, in the city, uh, concrete jungle. Um, I had a taste of country living when I went to visit my godmother in the summertime and we, I went to Massachusetts. And um, my experience was like seeing a cat Give birth to kittens, you know, um, and not really understanding what was going on you know as a little girl, or seeing cows just walking by and you know they 're massive because i 'm little, um, seeing a sunflower for the first time in real life I mean that might it might not be a big deal to any anyone else, but it was just like you only see them in cartoons you know um, and and they it was huge, it was as big as my head, if not bigger, it was just like this is this is beautiful, what is you know it was just an amazing experience um, so that was the taste that he gave me, um, even though my husband as a child got,
0: got the, the full meal. Yes. So, like my mom, my mom. <laughs> 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 well, sometimes,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Ooh, was, like my wife was saying, yes, I was, I was born in the country. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was it was a it was a wonderful experience. And uh, one of the things that I tell my my family about is how my godmother used to um, prepare chickens. And one of the things that traumatized me was actually seeing her. The kids might want to cover the ears, <laughs> but actually catching a chicken and taking an ax and chopping his head off and watching the chicken run around like his head was just cut off. And and so when people said that joke, I had a a visual of what that really was like and seeing the chicken flop around. And I was like, wow, I don't want any chicken anymore. And so (laughs) it was a very traumatizing experience, but I did used to love to go out into our garden and pick cucumbers off the vine and pick tomatoes off the tomatoes plants and eat them right there um, as, a young, as a young boy and, um, and just run around and, and play and that was part of my homeschooling experience uh, when I was a kid and so I didn't even really think about it until just maybe a year ago that I was actually homeschooled um, up until about, first, uh, about the first grade and so when my wife said that she wanted to homeschool our kids um, about 10 years ago i said you wanted to do what 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 is that i didn't realize again i didn't realize that i was even homeschooled Um, and i wasn't sure exactly what that was or how it was going to work but i had confidence because my wife was a teacher um, and she was a good teacher uh, in the public school system and uh, that gave me a lot of confidence, not that any mom needs those type of credentials to be a good homeschool teacher. Amen. Okay? Um, yeah, I'll let you interject in just a bit. But, I, uh, but that was what I needed um, to even, even consider that because I was concerned about the kids' academics. They were doing well in school, in public school. Our little ones, they were going to a, a daycare at the time, but our older ones, they were in you know middle school and and junior high doing very well. And um I wasn't so sure that I wanted to take them out of that that regular um way of of life and and such, but my wife she didn't stop. She wanted to homeschool. And we were, you know, we were making it on two incomes, but so I was thinking two things. How are we going to do this on one income? And two, What's the kid's academic life going to look like afterwards? How how do you do that? How do you how do you structure that, right? So those are two concerns. But by and by, um, <laughs> by and by, we made that work, um, and God God made a way for it for it to work. You wanted to interject? I don't know. You were going to say something. Oh,
1: okay. First, I I want to ask. The kids, how many of you eat, just to, I'm rewinding. How many of you eat fruit or, well, yeah, tomatoes are fruit. Things like tomatoes or cucumbers. Have you ever had a chance to eat those straight off the vine or out of the garden? Yes. Do they taste the same? Have you ever had the fruit and vegetables from the grocery store as well? Which one tastes better? The one from the garden? Yes, the one from the garden, um, yeah. Anybody ever seen a chicken? Well, never mind, okay. <laughs> Just want to know what their experience is. Um, I, I think a, a quick question, how many of you homeschool? Homeschool, yes? Um, two, three, anybody else? How many of you want to homeschool? When you have children, or you know, if you have children now, you, you, you don't homeschool, but you want to homeschool? Or you want your grandkids? <laughs> you do homeschool, you still want to homeschool though? I'm I'm so busy homeschooling, I don't have time to homeschool, right? (laughs) Okay. Um, My credentials as a teacher in the public school hurt me. Um, If if you're a teacher, I've met a teacher already in public school, no disrespect, because I was there six years, just six years. Um, But the training and, and so on, it actually hurt me because uh, like just, it's kind of sad, but just recently I started diving a little bit deeper into true education. Yeah. That that phraseology, I mean, I can say it here and I can see the, the, like, oh yeah. If I said it anywhere else, it's like, what What true education? What's the rest of it, false? Well, kind so I, I had to deprogram myself from what I was trained in order to do it God's way with my kiddos, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was my only interjection. Oh, I think
0: that's good, yeah.
1: good. Yeah. So, for those of you who homeschool, I hope I didn't press anything wrong. Has this has this ever been your experience? <laughs> Great, kids. Breakfast is out of the way. The kitchen is cleaned up. Let's start school. Yay! Honey, I'm home.
0: How was your day today? (laughs) Kids, how was school?
1: Hi. (laughs) (laughs) It's already 6.30. Time for dinner. Okay. Anybody have that experience? My homeschooling? Okay. So this... (laughs) We'll have a crying session later. Okay. You hear me this sometimes often felt like my experience Um, Our homeschooling um, We see it seems like we're belabor belaboring that but our homeschooling uh, journey brought forth fruit that was preparing us for country living Okay, so we were homeschooling, we were in a home in the suburbs, and then we were in this uh, apartment, and and we'll share all that later. But it it was um, conditioning us and preparing us. Um, It was a gateway to understanding God's ideals for his people, um, which, of course, was was leading us towards this country living concept. Um, We had to start somewhere, Right. Um, We began in this journey educating ourselves and having kind of like these miniature reformation reformation experiences, Um, learning about, uh, you know, like uh, being more aware of media, you know, media discernment became a a thing, Um, music discernment, uh, dietary practices. um, We started learning about that, you know, eight laws of health. That was kind of something very new it's sad but it's true Um, and this this was our experience that it was kind of a a gateway into the country living Um, but and we weren't perfect but we changed as we grew before we
3: started homeschooling every day was the same going to daycare or a babysitter's house. Um, when I found out that, when I found out that we were going to start being homeschooled by my mom, um, since I didn't really know what school meant, I thought that's what we had been doing all the time. Since I didn't know where my older siblings were going every day. very <laughs> good.
2: So, um, as for being the eldest, I was obviously in school the longest in public school the longest, all the way to eighth grade. Um, so I was rescued right before high school, and I was able to be with my family. And I've always um, appreciated that because I hear horror stories from everyone that did go to high school, and um, and I I'm glad I bypassed that. Um, but uh, so, but in school, I was always just like kind of a above average student. I just did my work, got through class. Um, I was in like band, did the extracurricular, um, all that, all that regular stuff. Um, but when uh, when I was finally homeschooled, I I was able to come out of my shell a little more because I was always shy, or I was kind of more soft spoken. Um, and every year, or every um, every. Setting I was in with the new kids or, or um, new group of people, uh, I decided to become more of myself because um, i was actually actually quite goopy and um, and and very intelligent and um, I wanted to let myself uh, explore that area um, and that helped me uh, figure out what I want to do for my future career or now. <laughs>
4: Yeah, like my sister, I'm the second oldest, so I was in school second longest, or however you would say that. Um, and it was definitely a culture shock going from public school to homeschooling. Um, the main thing was that I had freedom to like actually explore and discover what I like to do, which is kind of weird. Um, I learned that I, I love to write. I loved animals. I liked all these different things because um, of homeschooling. And like gates and doors were opened up for me. Um, Another thing I think that was really important was that spiritual things really started to open up to me more. I actually began to focus on what it is that I actually believed. Um, Like I mentioned, it wasn't until we got to the country that I found out what the gospel was. So, you know, imagine this age in my life, I'm just figuring out like, oh, hey, you know, Jesus is coming soon and I should probably do something instead of just living life or whatever. So I really started to think about those things more seriously when I had time, when I had less distractions from being in public school.
0: I would just like to interject that the kids had been baptized before we moved to the country and going through the regular church you know, you you turn 12, 13 years old you get baptized, that was just the process but they actually started learning about Christ after we moved, actually not just them but all of us started learning about Christ and building that relationship once we moved out
5: so when I was 10 years old 10 years ago um, I didn't really understand what the concept of homeschooling, um, um, but I was in public school, fifth grade, I was doing good, all A's, but really all I remember is that I wanted to like, just eat and play, um, and so as we transitioned to homeschooling, um, that's what we did, <laughs> at least I did. Uh, our motto, motto was like freedom and creativity. And um, I discovered, you know, playing with Legos and, stop, um, and animation and video editing. And eventually I got more into nature and then discovered gardening, um, which really I could only do once we moved out to the country.
2: Okay. Um, and to touch on, back on what um, my sister was saying, uh, our, our spiritual life also uh, I mean is still maturing um, I actually was baptized twice <laughs> once when I was younger probably like 12 or something um, and then again we had gone to um, a, what's it called? D- mission D- trip um, to the Dominican Republic and I was also baptized then uh, again but of course as you get older there's trials and, and things that test me but I'm now getting uh, i'm still maturing and it's getting stronger uh, my, my relationship with the lord um but that was only possible because i was able to be with my family uh 24 7 and learn and and get tested by the right people <laughs> that would still love me either way um and uh so yeah we were together a, a lot and um and and like we mentioned before in um in apartments um and so it was a smaller living situation than what you would think a family of seven would be in. Um, so we learned to be content with our space and we learned to share. And then surprisingly enough, in real life, not too many people share easily. So when I was handing food, yeah, go ahead and take it. If I asked somebody else for something, they were not as uh, easy to give. And I was really confused. But I, I still learned to, to do my part and share with others. Um, and then also I was able to discover some gifts that were were um, inside me like cooking was a was a big one I I end up being kind of a sous chef after my dad um, wow. and then now whenever I'm home I'm head chef of course but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, uh <laughs> but I uh I do love cooking I ended up going to culinary school um, afterwards uh, for plant-based uh, cooking and um, I also got into natural hair um, and you know, the, the using the natural oils and all that good stuff. I know, you see now, half of it's gone. I did shave some of it, but I, I'm having fun it's with that and, and yeah, yeah, thank you. And um, teaching my, my brothers and sisters uh, how to take care of our, our hair and um, also music was a really big thing. I um, uh, taught myself a few things um, on a, a few different instruments, um, and it's really good for your mind to just kind of explore that creativity um, and, and learning. Uh,
1: uh, and while this is coming up, <laughs> that, that was our experience, that was my experience, the getting baptized over and over again, not understanding what this is all about. And in our journey, when we started homeschooling, then we started understanding, learning about righteousness by faith, and, and all these things. And you know, you don't work your way to heaven. And things like emotionalism that gets people sometimes to go get baptized and stuff like that. These are the things that we were learning, and the Lord was freeing us from some error that we had. Come, come,
0: come, come. Real, real quick, I just want to interject. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're following an outline, so we have some things lined up. And, but uh, as we're going along, we're just interjecting because things are coming to our mind that help to put everything together a little bit more. Um, so we were never really financially stable. So we bounced around a lot uh, when I, and from, our, from different homes and apartments and things like that. Um, and so we started our, our homeschooling journey while we were both working. Um, and living in a suburban house. And then once we started homeschooling and went down to one income, we had to move again and, uh, and move to something that was a little more affordable. So that's kind of where we're picking up the story now, okay? <laughs>
3: um, we moved to um, Sheffield Square Apartment, and our mom
2: continue to homeschool us okay also an interjection um so every time we moved to a different house i think we maybe changed our homeschooling our name like twice or three times to like the street name that we lived on so um like all of our different like diplomas our high school diplomas like say something different from what school we um, graduated from which is funny
6: So, I liked homeschooling um, because I could be closer to my parents and my siblings, and I made friends with
1: other homeschoolers. So, while we were at this apartment that Alyssa mentioned, um, we learned, we actually started learning about agriculture. There, I don't know what year it was, probably 2000. Twelve or thirteen, y'all may have um, heard of. It was like a, a week-long agricultural um, conference, but it was all online, and they had all these speakers coming on, talking about uh, Adventism and agriculture. And the whole week, we just listened to it. I don't, the kids may have been just getting it by osmosis, but I was just glued to, to the you know the internet, listening. It was just all audio. And it's probably a lot of people here that were running this whole program, but I had no clue who they were. Um, and it was just intriguing to me. And I thought, yes, I want to get out into the country. Um, we got into listening to Dave Westbrook. Show of hands, those of you who know Dave Westbrook. Okay, we got one, two, three... Okay, a lot, um, good amount of you heard of Dave Westbrook. We started listening to his um, uh, teachings and, and his uh, seminars, and it was interesting. While he was talking about country living, he actually, um, we were learning a lot about spiritual growth from, his, from what he was talking about. Um, a lot of his videos were about herbs and plant-based cooking, building shelters, how to start a fire, these types of things. And little did we know that God was preparing us for a crisis that was about to happen through this, through his information.
0: So, through listening to Dave Westbrook, of course, the the next request after homeschooling came uh, a few years later was, I want to move to the country. And it was echoed by my children, Daddy, can we move to the country? I'm just getting used to homeschooling. I'm trying to adjust to working off of one income. This is where I am. And I'm thinking I'm doing okay. You know, hey, we, we're, we're, we're working this thing out here. We're balancing, you know. Just settle down, weirdos. <laughs> let's, 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 just, let's just maintain. But, uh, but we, you know, by and by, I started to... Listen to the Dave Westbrook uh, lessons as well. My wife signed us up for a class, We began to listen and and take in all that he was saying. And I was no stranger to country living at all. My dad was a literature evangelist. He believed strongly in the health message and in country living. Um, and he always talked about moving to the country and wanting to move back to Virginia. We had moved from Virginia to California, where I was raised. And, um, but he always wanted to move back home. He's always talking about going back home. So here my wife comes with, I want to move to the country. Now, my thought about moving to the country. is
1: up there on the slide: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. My thoughts of moving to the country had everything to do with, OK, so we're moving to the country. We're going to need based on what Dave is saying, we're going to need 20 acres minimum, 10 to 20 acres. Right? And so on this 10 to 20 acres, I'm not building a house because I don't know how to build a house. Neither do I have the money to build a house, but we're going to need a nice house on the acreage. Um, it needs to have all these slopes. It needs to have this. It needs to have that. I'm going to need a tractor. I want a nice truck. Um, I want to make sure the land is, is fenced. And so with this information, I started searching, right? I started searching. Well, we're going to get to more of that in the third hour. But I started searching, and seeing some of the prices in Texas, where we were staying, anywhere remotely around Houston was exorbitant. And I said, OK, yeah, we can move to the country after I make my first million. And, uh, and so little by little, my mind started to change about how this was going to be possible. But I had great anxiety about even thinking about moving to the country. Um, We passed out some fear cards. Did you guys get a chance to, to write down any of your fears? Raise
1: your hand if you have. Raise your hand if you have any fears about moving to the country, or before you got out there, you had fears. Okay, (laughs) like uh. (laughs) Okay, a couple. You want to take
0: the Uh, yeah. So, who wants to share one of their fears? You want to share a fear?
2: For my husband, it's employment. He could be you. He feels all the same way about everything that you just said. Yeah. And for me, it's um, I don't have any overt feel- fears except about midnight. Some nights um, I'm thinking I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't have the know-how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my. That's my fear. <laughs>
0: okay. Know-how. Any fears? Yes.
4: Mine is not quite my own fear. It's fear that other people are putting in me. What if you get sick and you have an emergency hospital or not closed I think they are putting fear in my mind that I didn't have
0: exactly exactly and we got some of that from our in-laws mm. um, where, how close is the closest hospital going to be what happens if the kids get sick what are you going to do right uh, how close is the closest store any other any other fears yes
5: I, I love nature like I shared with your wife as a teacher to myself hey but I, like, I, like, I love nature without the animals. I, I'm afraid of snakes. And um, you name it, lizards and everything. I told my husband <laughs> last night that as long as it is all paved, <laughs> I have no problem. My daughter says, Mommy, Mommy, this is not going to happen. Then finally my husband said, okay, let's compromise. Okay, you can, you know, pave some of it. But I said, I'm, I'm not good at, you know, gardening. I've never done that. I have black thumbs. I don't know how to do anything, but, you know, it's kind of fearful to me.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. And those are all valid fears and concerns. Uh, that was also
1: my concern, um, that my husband would be away because uh, of the commute and he uh, you know, he, we just won't be together as a family as much as we really would like to be. So um, I can relate to that.
0: So just to <coughs> just to speak on, uh, on our parents. So they cared a great deal about us as, as a couple and about their grandkids. And they just wanted to make sure they that we were taking care of them and that we kept everything in, in perspective and in mind before we made Such a big move. So in looking for a place, we made sure that we were close to a small town that had all the modern conveniences that we needed. That there was a hospital there. That there was storage there within driving distance so we wouldn't have to drive an hour to get to anywhere that was necessary for us to to live or survive. Or in case of emergencies, we had something that was close enough that we can get to an emergency vehicle, get to us if necessary. Okay. So that was our, in our first move, that's what we looked for. Um, Yeah. But just to touch on my perception of country living uh, when we first got into it, um, I was overwhelmed by the idea. And that was because I was leaning solely upon what I could do. I was not trusting in God at the time. I was not saying, Lord, you see what the desires of our hearts are. Please provide for us. Open away. I wasn't doing that. Um, And it took some time for me to get there
1: so our kids are going to share some of their fears that they had as well
6: um so one of my fears was rats cut well that was after we moved to the country (laughs) (laughs) because they like run around inside sheds and stuff and that was kind of scary My fear was
4: tornadoes. (laughs) Um, For me, my major fear was that I thought country living would be boring compared to city living. Um, We mentioned this place called City Center. um, It's like, you know, the place where you have your stores and your restaurants and your lights and music and, you know, just that very stimulating, like, oh, this is exciting kind of thing. And I saw that, and I was like, I don't want to leave this, you know, to go to a country where there's nothing except for a cow maybe. Um, And so that was my concern, um, but God really worked in my heart so that later on when I would go to the city center place or city whatever, I lost a desire to be there anymore. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. Let's let's get out of (laughs) here.
2: Um, so a fear of mine was uh, being far away from friends Um, I mean we didn't have a ton either way but like because we're kind of friends to each other this five of us kids so Um, but that was a concern of mine not being able to either go out to them if they had like a birthday party or something or uh, if we wanted to uh, like invite them over no one wants to drive an hour and a half to their friend's house on like a daily basis so
0: Did you have any fears? No. He was was a young teenager and fearless.
1: So, um, earlier I mentioned that we learned from Dave Westbrook's um, seminars and teachings and so on, uh, about how to move to the country and what to do and and, and survival type methods and so on, um, because of the Christ and it helped prepare us for the crisis that was to come. And so, basically, what happened was my daughter and I were in a car accident, and the car was totaled, and we had to buy a new car. And getting the, into this new car, it it causes strain on our finances. And so, we had to, we pretty much had to just keep. We, we tried our best to hold on as long as we could and eventually we just had to move financially we just couldn't handle where we were as, and the, the the new car payment and we had a lot of friends friends from homeschool conventions um came in and just poured into us it's amazing what people have been through and then they when you're going through it they can help you and that's what happened it's like <laughs> not a, it, it, you think you're the only one whenever you go through a crisis you think this I'm the only one that is going through this, but apparently many people have been through similar situations and someone gave us the advice to move to a state park, a state park. And so that's what we did. Um, we decided to move to a state park and save up to get ourselves out to the country. The
0: so talk about humbling. Talk about humbling. Um, Hold on, I don't know if you guys can see that. So, (laughs) I was not for this at all. Um, I'm just going to pause just for a minute. (laughs) Everybody's been camping before, right? Have you ever been camping long term? (laughs) Have you ever had to go to work and still be camping? (laughs) I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit, because that's what I had to do, is, is let this sink in. The reason being is that I promised my family that the next time we move, we were moving to the country. Be careful what you promise your family, okay? Yes, I, I had to keep my word, I had to keep my promise because before we moved to the apartment, it, actually there was a request to move to the country and we ended up moving to this apartment first. And so I said, okay, look, next time we move, we're gonna move to the country. So, um, yeah, so that was it. Uh, we moved to the uh, state park reluctantly on my, on my part And that's where we're going to pick up the rest of the story.
6: So, um, I got a little taste of the country when our family moved to the state park. And at the state park, I learned. Um, how to build fires and forts, um, and learned about wild animals, and we had lots of exploration and adventure.
4: And yeah, honestly, um, I'm sure this was a stressful time for my parents, but for me, and I know for my siblings, it was like the funnest time of my life, because um, like, I'd never really been camping before, you know? So, like, here we are for this long-term camping trip, like, let's do this, you know? um and it was incredibly educational like my brother said we got to build things we got to learn about wildlife we got to just it was so cool um and it really i think it really helped us to prepare us for when we did do country living we were more experienced with like you know getting our hands dirty not being afraid to do all kinds of stuff Um, so it was a real blessing to be there for that time
1: um honestly I was right there with my kids. It was awesome. (laughs) I loved it out there. I felt so free, it was unreal. To get up every morning to fresh air, if you notice, it looks like windows, but it is completely messed. screens. Yeah, screens, it's like the screen outside of your window, remove the window. And you just wake up to fresh air, Um, right? Uh, That's the A, new start. Um, you come out, you get your sunshine. Um, it, it, I, it, there's no words that can express how beautiful it was out there. And there was a, a nature center that, that was out there. So they had live animals, and it was awesome. Um, and my friend that told us, you know, just go to the State Park. Tell your kids it's the adventure of a lifetime. I mean, she really, really helped me. Um, to change my mind about the whole thing. Because I could have been like, oh, well, woe was me. But it was like, this is an adventure. We're homeschooling at the park, guys. This is what we're doing. And um, uh, we start, we continued. There was one moment, I have to share this moment. There was one moment I was feeling a little down, a little stressed, and I stepped outside and I just looked up. I don't know if you've ever seen these types of birds. I don't even know what type they, they are, but they were white and they, they flocked together in big groups. And they just came and flew and stopped. You know, you I, hear, I see you shaking your head. Do You know what I'm talking about? What are they called? Uh, Say it again. I mean, egrets. egrets. It be, um, cranes. cranes. Okay. Um, they they, it's awesome when they migrate. yes. So. It's like they all came literally and stopped right over our cabin, and I just looked up, and they stayed right there. And they swayed back and forth, and it's like they did a dance. And the sun glistens off of their wings so that it changes, and it, you know, like it's kind of a shimmer, and then it goes dull, and then a the shimmer again. And they did a dance, and it felt like eternity. And I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm right here. I love you so much. Here's a little, little show for you. And, it, and you know, all the kids were watching. I think we had cell phones at the time. We got a picture, I deleted it, I feel so sad. And then after a while, they just stopped and then flew away, and I felt revived again. And I've heard stories like that. He does that. He brings animals to just bring uh, just a, a piece to your life. And while we were out there, we continued country. Uh, we continued searching. Um, Dave, we'll talk a little bit more about this later. But Dave says, you know, be in the area that you want to live in, and that's what we did. We just started searching. It was still far from his job, but we started um, searching and. And because of what we learned from his website, when we went to the different homes to talk to the the people or when we were talking to realtors, we felt so educated. Um, so, what side is the the slope and the what, what? I don't even know what I'm saying, but I use the terminology. You know, is there well water? Is there um, um, is there a natural spring water? Is there a natural? Yeah, mm-hmm. is, is the door facing the east? Have we wanted the sun to, and we were just using all the tech the technical terms. How many acreage? Is it cleared that stuff we didn't know before, and we used all the terms. We felt very confident, and we could tell that. We got a little bit more respect you know and and we got more information than if we had just known nothing you know we could have been taken advantage of so we do appreciate um while you can't you may not be able to follow all of the aspects of what he teaches you might not be able to get everything perfectly he still gives a nice foundation for you to be able to just follow like um, based on your personal um, abilities
2: Um, So, during our experience, um, I did understand what was going on because I was was older and so my parents would talk to me about some things, so I understood like the background. Um, But I tried to be a good example to my younger brothers and sisters on our attitude and how we were going to take the situation. Um, Even with, uh, I mean, we didn't mention that this was in December, so it was also winter we were outside for a month in the winter time that and that yeah um, it, it, it was it was okay it wasn't the worst because I mean it was still Texas Texas doesn't truly have like snow or anything like that um, but um, we all you know sl- we all slept together um, nice and, and snug that's why I talk about the the smallest places for seven people so I when we have when we have, um, we visit people, or, oh, we only have one room, Uh, that's plenty, like, we could all fit in that one room together, it's fine, Um, and, uh, and then, of course, I was talking how I, I usually would cook for the family, so now my, my methods and kitchen skills had to transfer to an outdoor setting, Um, and my brother, of course, he was learning how to build a fire, and we kind of figured out how to do one that where it looked like a like a, a stove like with a piece of wood on the back and it kind of we had like a little it was cool it was really cool <laughs> um and uh so I would he would get up super early make the fire then I would come up um after him and then I would start making food and one day um I learned how to make camp bread which is like this really cool little recipe um for just like a easy bread to put over fire and I started going to my chef mind and I Decided to make a pie, so I made a really large batch of it, and I found some fruit and like canned peaches, and I made peach cobbler, and made apple pie, and like a shepherd's pie, and um, so we had like a little dinner later on, and um, we had a few few days like that, um, but it, we, instead of making it, uh, we don't have any food. I just I just ran with it and, and see what we could create out there. So, yeah.
0: So needless to say, coming home was an adventure on the weekends, and we'd go hiking and things like that, and it was a lot of fun. Um, And like my wife said, it was really preparing us for our next home, because eventually, after uh, a short stint going back to our parents for a couple of weeks, we found a place. God bless us with a country home out in Belleville, Texas. And this home was built in 1941. But because, like I was telling you earlier, the surroundings of it, it was, we, it was a house that we, we rented. And uh, it was on an acre of land that we rented. But it sat on 100 acres that the, that the landlord gave us access to. They were running cows on the 99. We call it the back 99 acres. And we could explore all the acres back there. Um, now, this house. It was, it was a two, three bedroom, if you will, really two, with all the other formals. Um, but compared, can we step back? Where's the thing? Yeah. But compared to our previous home,
3: <laughs>
0: it was a mansion, yes. right? It actually had a bathroom. No bathroom. It had a kitchen, no kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that did we did have electricity here? Did
1: it have glass
0: in the windows? There, there were glass in the windows. No, 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 no glass here, but there was glass here, right?
5: shut though. Yeah, we couldn't
0: open. It. No, we could open the windows. We could open. Yeah, we could open the windows. I have it. Oh, what? what? Oh, the windows were nailed shut. We had to unscrew the windows so we could get some fresh air in the house. Um, however, the house did not, it was not insulated. So because of our previous home, we'll go back to our previous home, we were used to that because air would just fly straight in. And we'd have to insulate ourselves by hanging up our jackets in front of these screen windows to keep the, the cold air out at night. Plus, we had warm bodies to, to keep ourselves warm. And believe it or not, staying here, we probably grew, <laughs> no pun intended, we grew closer to each other, um, <laughs> more, more than we probably even wanted to at the time. But because of this experience, we really became a very, very tight-knit family, um, more tight-knit than we were previously. We were close, but we became even closer. We began to trust each other more. We became to, came to depend on each other more. Um, uh, more qualities came out, and, and the kids were more helpful as a result. So when we moved to our next home, thank you. When we moved to our next home. Everybody would work together as a team, and in, in getting the property um, ready to go, mowing lawns and doing chores around the house. And I have to say that if it wasn't for our experience at the state park, this would not have been an option for us. This house would not have been an option. I would have looked at this and laughed, which I actually did when I found it online. <laughs> I looked at it and laughed, and I said, honey, let's go check this one out. <laughs> <laughs> and ha, 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 we were there for two and a half years. <laughs> 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 so it became, it, it became an oasis and a place where we learned about true country living.
1: We had a, we had a lot of sweet memories there. Um, the home was old, you know, those those little cartoons where, you know, you step out of the home, you step out of the home, you slam the door behind you and then the whole house falls down into a rubble. That's that's kind of how it felt like it. just at any moment. You know, you touch a window and one of the, thing, the pieces of wood would just swing off and just kind of like, whoa, you know, but it, it, it was it had sturdy structure. I mean, 1940s, right? It's still there, but um, it was extremely peaceful. We were on a back, back, back. Back, back, back road. We saw a car once every few hours. Um, it was just really, really peaceful. I actually enjoyed, we enjoyed being in a tent on the outside of the home and just sleeping out there under the stars um, more than being inside, but it was a, a very peaceful home um, uh, surrounding. My son got to, to watch the neighbor's cattle. He got the, the neighbor that owned, uh, leased the land, paid him for watching the cattle and counting the cattle and you know, looking out for it. A lot of, uh, paid them to, to fix the fencing out there. Um, our two little ones explored and saw wolves in the distance and um, like wolf was it wolves or coyotes? Coyotes. And you saw what else? Saw hawks. hawks. and just all kinds of beautiful things that they got to experience pretty much for the first time in their life. So it was really a, a sweet experience. Interjections. Interjection?
5: It's That's my only interjection. Um, I just want like um, just a reminder with the, the cabin um, that was a, a training ground for us but it helped us help helped us to think differently about where what country life really was we were thinking you know hundred acres four-wheelers big house um, it'd be a blast but that's not what country living is about, and that's the, what the quote said earlier. An expensive dwelling, elaborate furnishings, display, luxury, and ease do not furnish the conditions essential to a happy, useful life. Um, and so God was trying to show us that from going from the cabin to this next house, that it's not the point is not to be luxurious in the country, but to have the experience of, of what Jesus went through, um, learning and be, getting closer to God. So if, you're, if that was your picture of you know an, a nice country home, maybe you should shift it first. And if you have the money to do all that, that's, that's great. But make sure you're focusing on the true, um, what your true focus is in the country, which is to have peace and, and learn of God through nature.
4: Yeah, I remember, um <laughs> Moving to the country, a whole new world of discovery opened up for us. Um, I remember one sweet memory that we had, um, not only having our awesome donkey, um, we'll find out his name later, but we got to raise animals, which I'd never done before. The most I had was like guinea pigs, fish, you know? Um, (laughs) And um, there was one time I was doing my math, um, in the dining room, and I hear this commotion outside. My siblings are running out, like, all right, they're here, or whatever. Um, and I find out that our neighbor who is um, leasing the land for his cows was bringing his bull. Um, and we'll show you a picture of him later. I hope... Oh, no, wait, go back. There he is. There he is, that guy. His name is Rollo. Um, and so he was bringing him, and I was, like, so excited. I ran out, we got to watch him, and I got to see this bull for the first time in my life. I'd never seen, you know, these kind of animals, like, up close and personal before. And it's like, this is... It was a beautiful experience, like just the freedom to discover new things every day um, with no hindrances. It's just the way life should be.
0: One quick interjection. Uh, when we used to go and explore those back 99, at first it was, little, it was a little scary because you have these huge beasts that are back there, right? Um, these cows that we've never really had interactions with before. But once you start seeing them having babies, you know, and once you see that that they're just so close, you could just hop over the fence. And that's what we did. We hopped over the fence, and we just go back there, and we walk right among them. We walk right in between them. These are thousands of pounds. The bull is like from here to the wall right there. He didn't. (laughs) That's about as close as we got to the bull. That gives us just enough space to go. You know, Olay or whatever. And I just want to tell a story about that bull because Rolo, Rolo was a powerful beast. Um, And there was another pasture right next door. And these two bulls came to, to, and my son and I were out there mending a fence because he had already dug up the, the fence and we were going out to go mend the fence. And so Rolo, where's Rolo? Go to the next slide. Rolo he doesn't have any horns. They cut the horns so they don't hurt nobody. As if they needed horns to hurt somebody. Rolo stands about yay tall. Okay? Yeah, was he taller? He's about yay tall. He's about yay wide. Okay? I don't know if he's wider than that. He's about yay wide. And so, again, Keith and I, we were probably about from here to there when we were bending the fence and we hear, mmm, we look up. And he, Rolo is going like this. He's, he's telling us to get out of the way. We look at him. He's looking at us. He goes like this. And we're like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> so we move out of the way. We got him back up. And he's walking towards this fence. And there's another bull on the other side of the fence. And these bulls come together. And they touch noses. And all of a sudden, Rolo lurches at this other bull. And the other bull. He backs up and he comes back. And when, when, when Rolo lurches forward, you can see every sinew of his muscle flinch. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what a powerful, you know, beast this is. And we we're just feet away from him. And he's gentle as I don't know what. But you can see it's like meekness. There's so much power under control. He didn't see us as a threat. But he was always protecting he was always protecting the other cows out there. He even protected the donkeys that were watching over the cows because the, the cattlemen put don- a donkey out there to watch over the calves. That's what, that's, that's what keeps the calves in order, which is a really interesting dynamic that I never even thought about. So these, these were some of the things that we were learning when we first got to this, uh, this first place.
6: So the country gave us an atmosphere of peace and freedom, and after a while, we acquired a dog, um, chickens, and a donkey. And oh, yeah, our donkey's name was Bud. Um,
1: All the chickens had names. All the
6: chickens had names. Some of the names, real quick. I don't remember. Okay, Um, so. There's Boss, There's Hawk. There was um, Gray, Jenny Hen, Sakati. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, Glow, Charlie, and Speckles. Oh yeah. Um, so one time we went away from like to run an errand at the store. And we left the chickens out. So then we come back, and um, our chicken named Hawk was standing by a fence, and there was a hawk just sitting on the fence, just just looking at her, and it's like, that's kind of weird. You didn't get eaten, but yeah, that's funny.
0: But there were many times where the kids had to play uh, protector over the chickens. And one of the things that we, we got chickens because my, my wife, she wanted chickens. That was one of the things that she always wanted. The house came with a chicken house um, that was sitting just off to the side of one of the barns. And so a neighbor drove by, a d- gentleman who drove by like almost every day in this red pickup truck. And he happened to stop one day and he introduced himself. My wife says she wanted some chickens. He said, oh, OK. I have some chickens. He brought us over a dozen chickens. <laughs> Here's some chickens. How much? We no, just take them. We don't eat chickens. We didn't eat eggs. But wife wanted chickens. Lord must have known she wanted some chickens. Neighbor brought chickens. We didn't pay for them. And we had a whole brood of chickens who had more chickens. and. Uh, and we got to learn how to take care of chickens. My son even hatched helped help to hatch some and, and care for them while they were still in the eggs and that was a pretty cool experience. Oh.
3: Um while we were out there I became acquainted with a myriad <laughs> a myriad of different animals both wild and domestic and I learned much of what I know now from from living, oh sorry, I learn much of what I know now from living in the country. Um, And less distractions, what is my appetite for reading?
0: Now if you put a book in front of this girl, she devours it uh, within, what, a few days? And she just goes from book to book to book to book. And uh, we can hardly keep up with, we have to actually be careful what kind of books or in the house, because she will read anything that comes in there.
1: Okay. Sorry. OK, so about this time, we were learning about um, the SDA, the Seven day Adventist pioneers. We never learned anything about them. Um, or hadn't really. We just we just didn't we just didn't know about the history of our church, and as we were learning about the history of our church, they mentioned Country Living, and and we were just kind of getting more and more pieces were coming together. Um, when we were at this first house that we showed, we started actually studying at home with a small group of, of people, and the Bible was just opened up to us. And we would study under the tree, a large uh, pecan tree that was out in the back, and we would study every Sabbath and just learn so much. And the atmosphere really did play a, a huge role in how the word was opened up to us.
4: Yeah, and I, guys probably remember when I mentioned that when we started homeschooling, Um, I started learning more about God and then I mentioned that when we moved to the country is when I actually first began to um, learn about the gospel. And so that happened. I really did grow grow even closer to God Um, and at this time I was working in the city still going to work with my dad and I would get to come home to the safe haven in the country away from the noise, from the vanity, and whatever of city life. So that was a blessing. Um, And later on, when we moved to our current residence, I got to start working with my favorite animals out in the country, um, which was also a blessing because now I'm out there all the time and I can uh, just get the full experience of country living.
3: Um,
2: So after we actually got to that, um, that first yellow house, our first country home, um, I was only able to spend the first six months uh, having country life, um, but at that time, that was the end of my high school year. So I ended up going to culinary school, like I mentioned before. Um, so I only got to spend six months out there with them, but um, I always had the opportunity to go back home and have that getaway from city life um, I, I moved to Austin Texas so it was like an hour-and-a-half drive to where my parents were so it wasn't too bad so like every other weekend I would go out um, to visit my parents um, and I can remember the first time I went to go visit them uh, it was really funny because I uh, did not tell them at all that I was coming mind you I'm like 19 years old I just had my first car Um, and so I drove out during the day um, and all the way to Houston hung out with some friends and then um, when nightfall came I finally decided to actually drive out to the country and it was about 9pm and I went to go knock on the door they don't expect anybody to come out right now to their house uh, in the middle of the night and I knocked on the door and my brother Keith decided to come to the door with a bat because they think this is their (laughs) This is our first intruder or something, <laughs> and um, they—I was like, "Guys, it's me!" He's like, "Me who?" I was like, "Guys, it's me! Uh, me who?" I'm like, "Brianna!" And they bust open the door, and there was a bunch of tears, and, and uh, all the kids are crying. I was crying, and uh, of course, my dad—he was crying because his daughter finally came home, and um, and it was just really uh, a really nice time to. Just, that my family still loves me, and uh, <laughs> that I can come back uh, anytime I want, and um, and still have a home out in the country.
1: <laughs> okay. At this point, thanks, Bree, for sharing that story. Everybody, go ahead and stand up. <laughs> Everybody, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Reach up into the sky or out forward, and just kind of stretch, stretch, stretch. We're gonna be taking a break soon, but I just know that it's hard on the body to be sitting for so long. You kids are doing such a great job, and I have a question for you. Don't, don't sit down, quick question. Would y'all rather live in the country and not be able to plant a garden, or would you rather live in the city and grow as much fruits and vegetables as you'd like? One of my kids came up with this question. That's a tough one. I know she's frowning, like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. I hope I never have to experience that option. <laughs> City, grow all the fruits and vegetables you want. Country,
4: not be able to plant
1: garden. a garden. <laughs> <laughs> Say <laughs> yeah, it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Do y'all, y'all know which one? Country. Huh? Country. Country. Oh. Yeah. And then where are you going to get your fruits and vegetables from?
0: The, the guy with the chickens.
1: The guy with the chickens, <laughs> right. Yes. It's a trick question. Yeah, just just get it from the, the neighbor. All right. Those of you, everyone's standing. How many, go ahead and sit down if you are gardening already, if you're gardening already. You have a garden. What constitutes a garden? Well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> My dog like we're, You want to define? That counts. Yes, garden meaning growing something from and it it doesn't have a mother. Yeah. All right. For those still standing, how many of you want to garden? You want to start gardening? Uh, Sit down if you want to start gardening. (laughs) Sorry. Awesome. You want to start gardening? We have a resource for you and we'll share it with you at the end of our session. So, we're going to fast forward through this experience. Um, We watched it, uh, raise your hand if you ever heard of Back to Eden. Okay, a lot of you, right. We stumbled upon that, I don't know how, and we watched it, and then Casey said, that's it, let's start a garden, because we were out at that house for a a little bit, and we just weren't doing anything, we just were talking, and they said, let's start a garden. And so, Keith O'Neill started the garden. (laughs) And he and it was a little plot, and we started growing things, and it was a sweet experience. Um, at this point, I was able to um, become mobile and get out into the community. Um, as my son mentioned earlier, I joined a Bible study, and I started meeting people and <laughs> and started. Um, uh, making uh, networking and making connections, and this was going to be very crucial for the next crisis that was on its
0: way. So there were there are many blessings that we experienced. Um, there were some were seen and some were not seen. Um, but hindsight is always twenty twenty. We want you guys to think about some of your own personal living parables. And if you can write these down um, or just take uh, some time during the conference where you just kind of meditate and just see how God is leading in your life, okay? Um, Just try and recognize those things. Because things that we went through, we didn't see it in the time that it was happening. But when we look back at it, it was like, wow, wow, God was doing this. God was doing that and preparing us in different ways. And um, and we still don't know where he's taking us. This is just one step in our journey. Um, we, we're just glad to share it. So even, even some things that seem awful, um, if you can pull a blessing out of those things that seem like a terrible experience, um, you can see how God is still leading you. I've even heard um, how God, uh, in, in a recent... Uh, podcast i was listening to we were all listening to actually um called how they did that or why they did that um the the gentleman was talking about how god used satan to uh uh discourage david and how it how it was turned around for david to be a better king he was already anointed king but some of the things that he went through god put him through so he could even be better but he, didn't, he couldn't do that himself. He allowed Satan to have his way in certain instances to discourage him so that David, by those experiences, would grow. It's a really interesting podcast. I can't put it in the words that the speaker did, but it's very interesting you guys should uh, check it out.
1: We can let our, we're going to let our kids share a few things um, about the, their experiences. Joshi, Keith, y'all can come up. Casey, so you had you got a card that um, had you to write down the blessings and the living parables which were kind of like object lessons, uh, anybody want to share anything that they, they wrote on their card, any blessings that you experienced out in nature or just in the course of your life, lessons that you learned, but we're, go ahead and share, we're going to share some of the living parables that we experienced out in the country
3: seeing one of our hens sitting on all nine of her chicks at the same time, even though she wasn't a very big hen, would sometimes remind me of how our Heavenly Father protects and guides us all at the same time with plenty of room to spare. As it says in Psalm 91-4, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust.
0: For me, um, my living parable was being out in the garden and pulling weeds one day. I, I suddenly had the Uh, an impression that, wow, this is what God is doing in my life. I'm like this plant that I'm, you know, that that I'm growing here. I'm trying to grow some arugula that my son planted, but I'm out here, I'm weeding. And I'm weeding around these plants so that they can grow stronger. And every weed that I'm pulling out, whether tough or easy, is just like what Christ is doing with me. Pulling things out of my life so that I can grow.
4: Um, for me, there was one time when Keith and I were weeding out in the garden, um, my favorite hobby, um, and we were we noticed how easy it was. It made seem kind of obvious, um, but how much easier it was to pull out the weeds when they were young, um, just small little things, versus when they were big and ugly and you know had the roots deep into the ground. Um, yeah, and so it made me think about, especially with children. Um, And just with any habits that we start to form in our lives, it's easier to root it out of our lives at the beginning before um, it takes deep root and starts to, um, you know, fester too much. And so I thought that was a really important lesson for me to keep in mind. Uh,
1: Sometimes we have, one, one of the things that I learned, sometimes out. In the garden that we have now we have these weeds and they have huge um, like prickly thorns on them anybody ever seen this in the garden and they're painful and you want to rip it out you want to just take your hand and just grab it out but it it will be very painful to do Um, and it reminds me of the, the big old ugly sins that are in our life, right? And we want to remove it, but it's painful and we don't want to we don't want to deal with it. Um but I noticed that um and when we leave it there it, it gets bigger and bigger and it seems even more daunting. But with these little weeds when you put a glove on, a sturdy glove and you yank at it, it comes out like it was never even in the ground. The 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 roots are so shallow, uh, and it just reminds me that if we just make an effort to remove that sin, that thing that's in our life, we just make an effort to just, you know, give it a go and just get rid of it, it can be removed. Through, with Christ, it can be removed and just taken out um, out of our lives.
6: Um. Ah. <laughs> um. So sometimes our donkey would escape out of his pen, and so when we found him like down the road or something, um, he would come back with us willingly. And the lesson that I learned from this is that if we like wander away from Christ, um, and he tries to bring us back to him then we should um, go back with him willingly.
2: So for my living parable, um, yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so while we were uh, back at the cabin in the, in the National Park, um, we were out playing one day, because um, I was still playing. I was still young. Um, and we were, there were some fallen logs, and I decided to, you know, balance, you know, walk across it. Um, and I was really confident uh, confident in my balancing skills. Unfortunately, I still slipped off, to my surprise. And um, I, I fell into the brush, but it wasn't super deep as I thought it would be. I thought I was gonna be falling for a while, there'd be thorns. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it didn't turn out that way. And my brothers and sisters came to help me up. Um, and it reminded me of uh, my walk uh, in life. Um, I may think I have it together all by myself, but I really don't. I need help from uh, the Lord. And um, even if I do fall, um, it's never too far, and He can still come pick me back up. And um, with the help of my family, friends, there's still someone there to
5: support you. Yeah. So, something I've learned, um, or my living parable, is that. Actually, I learned this from reading a, a book on, on orchards. And so a piece of land can be stripped completely bare. And it may seem that life there is like no longer possible. possible. It could be um, dusty and just nothing there. But with rain and sunlight and seeds that are blown in by the wind and dropped by various creatures, um, the seeds will start to grow. And beginning with small plants, just covering the ground. The land will eventually grow um, and produce strong fruit-bearing trees and life will flourish there again. So the lesson in that is that when you feel that there's no more hope and your soul fears barren, the word of God, which would be the light, made effective by the Holy Spirit, which would be the rain, can in your life um, quicken the seeds, bring them to life. Um, And those seeds are planted by God's messengers, his servants. And those will bring new life to your soul and will develop your character. And as your character develops, eventually you will bring forth good fruit and can bless others with it.
1: So we had some living parables, and then, also, then we also had some just basic lessons learned in this process of getting out, getting out to the country or being in the country. Um, one lesson, uh, my, jo- my, my Joshua, my Joshua, he taught us that your character depends on the seed you choose to plant. Do you all agree with that? There was a bird at that, that the first house um, that we showed you that would keep on um flying and, and hitting itself into the window. Has anybody ever seen that before? It's a its a weird phenomenon. You have? Okay. It just kept flying from a branch on a tree, and then it would knock into the window, I guess with its beak or what have you. And then um, our son, uh, Keith, told us that um, John, was it uh, Brother Dysinger? He taught you that um, sometimes birds have a defense mechanism and they're, they're kind of... Um, Uh, trying to help me out like
5: it's like during mating season and so they see a a rival but it's really them in, uh, in their reflection so they're trying to attack this rival I guess they're not smart enough to realize that it's just them but
1: Yeah, so it's a reflection in the window, and we didn't know at the time, but we just literally learned it a a week or so ago. And so um, while we were talking about it, Brianna came up with this thought that your greatest rival is yourself. So whether it's a gardening issue or whether it's just trying to get out into the country or um, some other thing that's going on in your life. Um, sometimes we can be the obstacle with the fears or with the um, the the uh, expectations that are just way too way too high and unrealistic, or maybe not even aligning with um, what God would have for us. Our, our greatest rival can be ourselves. Um, honey,
0: you ever heard this one? Don't burn down a tree to kill a snake. I did. Next, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that story later. <laughs> yes, come see us, see us at our booth. Um, uh,
1: I don't have. <coughs> Alyssa tells us that she learned that um, animals can smell your fear; they can sense your fear. And so if you don't want them to attack you, then you need to not be afraid of them and show them who's boss. For example, a dog that just showed up on our property, her name. We named her charity and um, we didn't know, but is a blue healer mix with a what? Pitbull, blue hero mix, and it was just nipping, nipping, nipping at them. And we had to put it in its place. But uh, after a while, it was their best friend. It would follow them wherever they would go, and I felt safe when they would go out into the acreage because this dog would just protect them. So don't show your fear. And as my son was um, – I didn't get to share the story about the mulch. We had a truck just dump some mulch off on our property. But as our son was getting into um, – Uh, gardening and he was ordering books to to buy seeds and you have tons and tons of pictures of different fruits and vegetables and he was like this is ridiculous we why don't we have this in our stores you know there's like how several types of cantaloupes and several types of different you know melons or what have you and eight you know well I'm not going to mention the stores but the supermarkets only have like one and he just said we need to broaden our horizons when when it comes to food or I'm paraphrasing. that, that was that was what he realized. Um, oh, so we we experienced... Any of you have... What is this that, that's on the screen? Yeah. said that? Yeah. Jackfruit. Yep, yeah. jackfruit. Show of hands, have you ever had jackfruit? Okay, so it makes you want to get to heaven, right? Oh, man, jackfruit is absolutely delicious, and we experienced it... Yeah, it's what's inside of that. It's extremely ugly. Um, I actually covered it up with a towel because it was. It made me kind of. I was scared every time I walked in my kitchen. But it's so delicious. <laughs> um, but that's what we experienced for the first time being out there. Case, okay. can you help me out, Justin? Did you want to do yours? Okay.
4: I don't know. One major lesson that I learned just from this whole experience was that um, it's a lot easy to go, like we're going to go through trials, right? And it's just inevitable, but it's a lot easier to go through it as a family when you're working together and not bickering and fighting and things like that. Um, And you know, we find that's true working in the garden. When we we work together, we get things done a lot faster. Um, So that's just one major lesson that I've learned from this whole experience.
1: I was able to come out of my little seven-day Adventist bubble. Um, and when I joined the Bible study, I, I met a lot of people from other faiths. And I learned, I know you probably already know this. This is just my personal experience. I learned that people of other faiths love the Lord more more than I thought they did and, and way more than I did. Um, it, it was a beautiful experience to meet people of... the different faiths, and to see how much they loved the Lord, and how much they loved people, and when we share, or the, we we didn't share our, our, uh, yeah, the next crisis that comes up in our life at this house that we're in, this comes in very handy, the love of these people, Um, but I learned that working in the garden also is very challenging if you don't know what you're getting into. He grew, my son grew, like, so much Greens, I don't even know. I, what do you do with greens? I didn't even know what to do. I just chopped them and cooked them, chopped them and cooked them. But you have to know what you're getting into. Um, you have to know what you want to eat, and you have to know what, so, you, so it lets you know what you want to plant. It's the, the okay, so one lesson that uh, Keith O'Neill experienced was that um, ask and it shall be given you. Um, Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew 7, 7. Folks in the country are usually very kind. Um, They're giving, they're accepting, they're generous um, and they're very sharing people and you just have to ask and sometimes you don't even have to ask and um, if you need tools or advice you're sure to get it and they will even share their produce with you. Sometimes we're bringing something that we uh, grew in our garden, um, and we're bringing it to somebody. And then someone's running across the street to bring us something from their garden. Another person that we're giving the stuff to is, is saying, "Here, you know, give, look, we're giving you something." We go back home with more than what we left the house with, and it's a, it's an absolute blessing.
0: So we're going to uh, bring this session uh, to a close before we get into our third session. But again, there is no one way to get to the country. Okay. That's, that's the, the lesson here, um, and to trust the Lord to, to guide you and take you where uh, He wants you to go. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.